0: welcome to the born and raised audio experience presented by onyx
1: And we're live. Usually, when we're live, people stop talking, so that's a bad thing. That's yeah. not a
2: good. That's not a good route.
1: Not a good route to go. So, guys, I uh, welcome back audio experience. Anyway, we're um, we are where are we finding ourselves? I got Steve. I got Dad, and then I've got two people here, special guests. Honestly, the the cool thing that we get to do when we're out in the woods is meet people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like you. It's not a lot of places that you can meet common people that, that do the same thing as you and have the same kind of a, I don't want to call it a lifestyle, but I'll call it like the same, uh, passions, right. As you do. And, and when we're in the woods, it's, it's, uh, it actually, now that we've been doing this for a while it's a it's pretty cool to meet the people that we have yeah Yeah,
0: it is exactly
1: so and tonight is no different uh we got Tristan and Allie and they're up here elk hunting Allie has an elk tag and uh, I said well you guys want to be on the podcast and you guys were jazzed about it
2: yeah mildly
1: Mildly. (laughs) <laughs> and it's really neat because people have been following Born and Raised and and what we've been doing for a while, and it's cool to see people that actually have possibly learned anything from our mistakes is what I call it, you know. Um, and and that was what we talked about, you know, just a little bit ago. And I said, well, let's just you know let's put this on a podcast. So briefly, I don't know, Tristan, uh, Allie, what do you guys as far as how is this for you guys?
2: Uh, it's a pretty unreal experience for us like uh when we when i first moved back to oregon from florida i wanted to start archery hunting so i bought a bow from my neighbor and i didn't even have a working sight on it and i was like i don't i don't care it's a bow 75 bucks i could hunt with it and so i bought a uh went to broken arrow and bought a sight, and went on my first archery hunt and killed killed a deer first time i went out it's pretty easy deer hunting and then I was like, man, I want an archery elk hunt, you know. my dad is archery elk hunting for a while. And uh, went back to Broken Arrow, and I bought a different bow. And I see these DVDs, and they're like, guys from Oregon hunting elk. And I'm like, ah, oh, perfect. Here I am in Oregon trying to hunt elk. These are the guys that need to see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> how, how coincidental, you know. And it was, it was born and raised outdoors when you guys were just on DVDs. Yeah. And so I, yeah. have, I have every DVD. I was, was like a- that's where I got my fuel to start hunting. I was like, you know, talking to a lot of people. They're like, oh, you don't bugle it out. Don't bugle. It. They'll just run away. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I can bugle out them. These guys are bugling elk all the time. And I started, you know, my own way mildly. Not that there's a routine to it yet, because I just started. But right. my own passion. And uh, then we started dating. Me and Allie. And she went on my archery elk hunt with me the first year, and it was opening day. We drove through the whole night, got there at like 5.30 in the morning, and start, we parked the truck and started hunting. And we're walking around, and uh, we're sitting there, and we hear some cow calls, and we run, cut them off, and I just see in the unit we were in, you could harvest either elk. And I just see elk coming through the tree line, so I draw back, and I'm waiting for the first elk to step into the opening. And I cow call, and it is this massive six point bull that just picks his head up and looks at us. And we're both just like, whoa, <laughs> of course, obviously I don't come anywhere near it with my arrow. It there. runs off and she's like, this is awesome. Yeah. Can I, can I do this? And then mm. next thing you know, we're doing that. And then we're subscribed to the born and raised outdoors stuff. And we're all, okay, you know, we got to get new packs.
1: and <laughs> yana, yana, this is how you do it and,
2: We got you guys good, didn't we? As far (laughs) as we got you to buy the pack, we got you. (laughs) No, 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 it was awesome. It really is. It was, it's just kind of set us on our own path, and
1: that's really cool.
2: I don't really do a lot for our elk hunting, I just find them and call them in. Allie's the she's the mastermind, stone cold killer. Yeah, she's you look at her and you're like, there's no business, but really
0: well, though. Yeah,
2: oh, yeah, Yeah. she has, she's three for three, three years in a row, and. Not no. by accident she's killed two branch bulls and yeah. I
3: have a pretty good guide, so
2: yeah I've we watch lucky. we watch the Born and Raised. <laughs> video, really, <laughs> that so. is not a guide. That <laughs> is not
0: a guide. That is a that is a, a documentary on what not to do. <laughs> it's just what it is. But I got a question for you, Allie. Mm-hmm. Did you gut it, help gut it out yourself or did you watch the first time or two?
3: Like my first animal or yeah. first elk.
0: You've deer hunted before mm-hmm. though in the past. Yeah. yeah. No,
3: I helped. Cool. Yeah, i grew up with my dad hunting and so i'd go out to the garage and poke him in the eyes and be like man i want to <laughs> isn't that the I first thing i think this? you do mm-hmm. yeah You're like,
1: that's an eyeball <laughs> yeah. gotta poke that you gotta, yeah. gotta, you gotta see
2: what's happening behind exactly
1: that. no that's awesome and you've been super successful as far as what the last few years right yeah. you get killed yeah. a bear what two weeks ago a week ago two,
2: i think it was three weeks, yeah. weeks ago
1: Now. three weeks ago yeah. middle yeah. Of august yeah so you guys are hunting all all species oh yeah everything.
3: every chance we get yeah
2: that's yeah. all that's that's what we live for that's that, awesome. that's it that's and we're for anybody that thinks that you got to have everything like we have some nice gear very limited items yeah but we're up here eating well we were eating uh campbell's chicken noodle soup and that's, that's it. it that's <laughs> all we 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 spent like 40 dollars, and we got like 300 meals not so. anymore
1: not anymore <laughs> thanks to
2: uh a newfound friend we got some mountain house butter. yeah
1: loaded them up with some mountain and so they're they're gonna be eating good now for the oh, rest yeah. of the hunt but let's get back to um so calling and stuff so when in the early stages of calling actually dad was like kind of a revolutionary, um, as far as when when calling first started. Steve also was working for Abe Maline. Mm-hmm. Um, this is back um,
4: back in the early nineties.
1: Yeah, early nineties, and Steve was in high school or. Where yeah, were you what were for work experience? Yeah, your
4: experience junior and senior before year. I even
1: obviously knew you and then dad, you cut timber with uh with Ralph Malim yeah. and stuff. And yeah. talk about a little bit of that, what he kinda of went through as far as developing calls and how you had a part. If
0: you ever known Ralph, he's he can talk. He yes, can he tell can. a yeah. story. <laughs> he
4: can tell stories. And
0: I remember when you boys I brought you up there to one of and Ralph was working on a call and he was filing on it and everything and and he was telling them an elk story and my eye, my boy's eyes got as big as saucers. <laughs> and he'd go on and on, you know, and he, he could would. he could he could tell a story like no, no other. <clears throat> and uh he actually um, sold sold you kids on it, you know. Oh yeah the stories. Yeah. But he would give me this um that cow call he made that. Yep. That little cow call that he handed and he had that little Lake Tech stretched over it. Yeah, and it was money. Really. Yeah, I think it, it was,
4: was an estrus cow call. I think I can't remember. I'm trying to trying to remember the
0: name of it. But. And I would I would take it home and then I he gave me a few of them and then I eventually gave one of my you had one, I gave you yeah one yeah one. and um, but that's a long story. I mean he's he's had some success and he's yeah. had some struggles. I think he
4: would yeah he's both but he was the first. Like external latex, yeah, yeah, stretched, you know, elk and, and manufacturer back in the day, and I mean that's what we did every day for an hour work experience. We just built calls, yeah, and then listening to him and his son Tony call. That was where I first learned how to elk yeah. call, and they built those calls on Roosevelt elk on know. roosevelt on elk. Roosevelt, yeah it was not rocky mountain elk either. and
1: it goes back to what tristan was saying i think a little bit as far as like it was a misconception that roosevelt's didn't bugle you don't you don't call yeah. roosevelt's mm-hmm. in you can't yeah. do that you know and and I, I think when we first started it was still a misconception because there was there was no dvds about it there was nobody no. doing it no. so there was nothing to go on nobody had any literature out there <laughs> yeah. about okay yeah this is how you you know call roosevelt elk well it just didn't exist yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean, we, when we set out, we set out on the goal to yeah. be like, no, we're calling these bulls
4: in mm-hmm. and,
1: and, you know, just like Larry any other Jones,
4: other. Larry Jones was the only one that had a he video did. that had did. elk Roosevelt. fever that had at least somewhat something of Roosevelt. Yes. But you know, they were always hunting Rockies too, at the same time. Yeah. And it was
1: kind of limited knowledge yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I, and I think back then it wasn't like trying to educate people it was more trying to just look at what i did kind of a thing or look at the bull i killed and and that's where it was uh, interesting for us after the youth or not the youtube space but the dvd space where we did more entertainment stuff Mm -hmm. to where it was just like check out this hunt that we did and and we we didn't really explain what we were doing all we did is just kind of took you along for the hunt and and then wow it was successful and and there you go and then that was the cool thing about going from that to youtube is where we could just go and and really go in depth on possibly teaching more of our mistakes that we've made Mm -hmm. and help someone else out like like you guys or whoever else out there to get in and like really really feel it you know which was really really cool at the time so, but, like, Dad, I remember a story that Dad's told about um, him and uh, his hunting partner, Ed, anyway, there,
0: messing around with bugles. Remember that? Oh, I I took a duck call, and I modified it. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I'd go, my wife over there just glaring at me because I would just blow on it, blow on it. And I'd tweak this duck call, and i put it in this little flex piece of flex pipe. And it sounded hideous, but... We'd get out, and this guy, my buddy Ed, we'd get out on a landing, and I'd blow it a few times. And then it was so bad, we'd get laughing. But one day, I blew it. I said, it's like 1130 and about 70 degrees. I says, Ed, let's get out of here. Let's go home. We just jumped in the rig and turned the pickup around. We went halfway around the corner and two nice big five and six point bulls were walking right up there coming right up the road to, <laughs> to the call <laughs> yeah and the first thing ed does he goes look at there like that and he opened his door and he rolled right out into the ditch <laughs> the safe, with his bow <laughs> <laughs> now That's he right. can't even hardly really walk yeah. But, but yeah it kind of changed the whole game i i used yeah. to be afraid to bugle
1: yeah yeah. I,
0: Especially when you're hunting rosies, you might be limited to only finding one herd or two herds a day. And if they didn't want to play, you it was tough yeah. finding another herd before it got hot because we never heard of hunting in the middle of the day. Yeah. No, that's
1: I think that's uh We've seen ourselves, though, I will say is just be frustrated as far as like right now, we're chasing bugles all day long yeah. or all morning long or all midday long. And we're not killing anything in this last few days that we've been, um, here where we're at. And it's just like, man, it, you, you honestly, you can get that whole demeanor of what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Right. What am I going to do wrong? And, and I think it's just the way that we hunt and the way that we like to hunt as far as calling elk in you're not going to get every single one of them. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to always be in the right mood to respond to the calls and stuff. And Tristan, you and I were talking last night as far as, as far as just like the demeanor and Mm -hmm. you guys had an encounter. What this morning, I believe where, Mm -hmm. what was the, what was the, uh, the deciding factor of not punching a tag there.
2: It was a little user mishap. You know, we, uh, (laughs) We walked into this spot where we had gotten into elk the day before and had a really unique experience. Where you know we called and bugled and nothing responded, and we were like, "Well, nothing's here." And we walked ten yards up the trail, and lo and behold, three bulls come on a dead sprint down the trail, and come to a sliding stop at forty yards, and we're just like, "I'm oh like, Allie, try, 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 try!" And they just stood there staring at us and weaselled out of there. So we went back in there this morning. And uh, same thing, and I kind of cow call a couple times, cow call a couple times, no no responses, and I'm like, well, I let out a bugle, and immediately, just bam, a bull cut, bull answered me, and he was a ways away, like, we were like, okay, he's, he's on this next ridge, what's the wind doing, okay, the wind where we were at was kind of sucking up in our face, we're like, well, we'll, you know, bounce over here and go get on him. And we kind of casually walk like 80 yards down the trail and I'm like, well, let me call Adam again, make sure he's interested and he's not moving away, see if he's still there or what's happening. And I called again and he had already closed over half the distance and was like, holy smokes, he's coming now. We got to get set up. So we were in the pretty, pretty wide open pines. You know, you can see for a couple hundred yards through them trees and where they were coming through this draw, there was a pretty thick timbered pocket and we're like, run to the run to the thick stuff. So we could call him in close and we took off dead sprint and when we got to that timber it was maybe 80 yards away that bull was already up on the ledge we were on bugling at us I hadn't even called yet and he was already standing where we were trying to get to bugling Mm. he he had closed a huge amount of distance in like 45 seconds yeah and so I I held up and was like okay Allie move up move up and get closer and well Allie I was calling you'll have to tell him too
3: much and uh I thought there was one bull, there was two bulls. Um so I was staring at the one and he was kind of hung up, so I'm like, well, I'll push up a little bit cuz I see him kind of walk off and uh turns out there was two of them and they saw me and ran right off.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so the one bull you seen the one bull mm-hmm. and he kind of got behind a tree, yeah. right? And then you seen a bull that was next to him walk yeah. down and he was a ways away and yeah, you tried I to it move was up. The same one, you thought it yeah. was the same yeah. one. Yeah, it's crazy never heard of calling in two big bulls into one setting right there yeah. bugling
1: that's awesome ally what is your shot sequence like when you get into into like where you're gonna set up do you have a sequence that you go through
3: no, <laughs> not <Good really>. call. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's just in the moment and just in uh, the moment. Like, yeah. are you
1: ranging stuff with the rangefinder before? I mean, is that part of it? Like, so when I say shot sequence, like you're getting ready mm-hmm. and you're anticipating to get a shot at an elk. Is there stuff that goes through your mind that like yeah. this checklist?
3: Definitely. It's jumbled for sure, but it's like, okay, where do I think he's going to come in from? Mm-hmm. How far is that? How far is it? If he's not coming into there. And then kind of mostly questioning myself if I'm in a good spot, if I should move. And I'm still brand new to it. So I don't think that I'm confident enough to, you know, stay still or move up. And I'm always questioning myself for sure.
1: That's, I think that's, even, even us, like today when I, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's just like, should I go over there? Should we go over there? Mm Because I, I was videoing mom today and it was just like. Where is the best case scenario that I you know can we can be and not you know screw this up if it all goes down yeah. you know, and I think that's that's part of it is like the best case scenario and then trying to take those those factors into 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 your head as far as okay what 's the wind doing what's the yardages doing what's my shooting lanes look like what is all these things, you know, where's he going to come in to feel safe? Where's downwind if he tries to circle us? Do I have a shooting lane for that before he mm-hmm. smells us? You know, all these little things kind of come into play and it's, it equals out to this big game, right? This, this big dance is, as we kind of call it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a totally different thing every single time. And uh, to have everything work to just correct and everything to come together is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when it does like I'm sure you guys have seen, it's like that happened so fast and it was, it was like so
2: easy. Five minutes and it was like yeah, that done. was a that was a piece of cake. Yeah. yeah, how do we not do this every year? Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. oh, crazy. Exactly, Steve. What have you felt with season so far?
4: Um, I've felt it's it's been fun, for sure. But I feel that the we've heard bugles, but the you know the calling in sequences have been slow yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, On my hunt, you know, we finally after that first storm came through, it picked up really good for a couple days, but we you know, we you talked to a guy that's still over on that same hunt and it slowed back down since the weather's changed, but And that's and I think a lot of it this
1: year has been uh, we can attribute everything to certain things right we can say oh man the weather's not good enough they're not yeah. bugling or th- this and that and the other and and at the end of the day we just hunt the elk right yes exactly. but it does it is a big factor it's like yeah. when you see those colder temperatures come in and when you see that fall season really start yeah. i think yeah. you can really like and i think as a hunters and this is a thing that i really wanted to touch on as far as just like we can get caught up in certain things like, well, when it gets colder, we'll, we'll get on, them, yeah. you know, yeah. or, you know, and, or, or man, we're just waiting for, for the, uh, the moon phase or yeah. something of that nature. And I think as, as hunters, I think that we can actually kind of dupe <clears throat> our own minds into
4: not hunting as hard because yeah. we're waiting for this ultimate moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you can't do that. You got to hunt a hundred percent from the beginning to the end where you're at and what you've got yeah what you got to deal with and it's just like i i we were talking about this earlier year to year can be different yeah one year you can be in a spot and it can be phenomenal you can go back to that same spot the next year and it's a ghost town yeah they're somewhere else so it's and that's the reason that but we
1: we've talked about a lot of times in the past like we like to hunt new areas every year yeah just because when you do hunt the same areas you have preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You actually, you have these ideals of, well, they were here last year. I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to come the next day. I'm going to go. Well, you've just wasted three days where they're not No. Absolutely. They're just not there this, this year, this time of the year, whatever it may be. So the one thing I've noticed, like we've hunted a premium unit this year, Steve, I'd love to talk about a little bit of that. And then coming into uh, if this is a draw unit for Oregon. That we're at now, but it's just not quite as hard of a draw as what you were hunting. Mm. What's the differences that you've probably seen?
4: From, I mean, from there to here, I mean, I would say that unit, we definitely were hearing more bulls like every day. Yeah. You know, we were definitely hearing more elk. um, But again, that unit is a lot more rugged. It's a lot thicker. Yeah. Um, this unit's a lot flatter. So for me, the difference in that unit, we can get on the ridge tops and we can sound check in every one of those canyons. You're, I feel you're going to hear more bulls that way because your your vocalization is getting out there further. Here, you're calling into a flat, timbered area where your bugles are not getting as far out. So, a unit like this, I think you would have to cover more ground mm. to find more elk. I mean, I this is a good unit for sure. And there's, there's a lot of elk. There's, there's lot of elk a lot of elk here. Lot of There's a lot of elk here. I just think it's covered more ground as
1: opposed to where we were. And I think it, it goes back to that finding the one, right? Mm. Yes. We worked our butts off for a week straight and hardly got a bull on film.
4: Yeah. We Her- heard them. They were M- not coming to the call. Bulls. Yeah. Multiple bulls. They were not coming in at all.
1: And we had to switch some things up. And some of them came in and just hung up. And some yeah. of them, you bit. know, had cows and they would, yeah. you know, they would just stick to their cows and bugle whatever um that's the thing that kind of gets me as far as like tactics right you see all these people and and different forms of elk hunting there's so many different ways you can do it and like you know the spot and stock there's guys out there that do not carry a call Mm -hmm. don't carry anything they go Mm -hmm. they heard shadow it's called so they're hearing these bulls and they're getting in on these bulls and kind of shadowing them until they can get a shot at them which is super effective don't get me wrong yeah but and i'm not saying the way that we do it is the right or wrong or in different way it's just it's definitely the most exciting way yeah i would say
2: oh absolutely yeah. nothing more exciting fun. than a bull mad screaming in your face at 40 yards and you are just shivering in your boots yeah. you know you want and an it doesn't adrenaline matter the size right that's no, a way could, to get an adrenaline it rush. could be a four-point bull yeah. you're just like oh my gosh <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is exciting you know it's yeah. different
1: absolutely Absolutely. Dad, you're staying here where you got another, what, week and a half? Yeah. Of the season. Um, as far as, like, what have you seen through the rut, like, from, because you've been here for a while as well. Mm-hmm. And what have you seen kind of change or, or you know, as
0: far as the rut-wise with the elk? Well, we, we started out, I mean, we would get bugles, but it's a lot different the Rocky mountain over the, the Roosevelt, it seems like the Roosevelt, you know, you're not going to call every one of them in, but they're, they're more gutsy. I mean, yeah, they want to fight. They're an aggressive. Elk. You, you push them enough. And a lot of times they'll turn and come back you know, where the Roosevelt, a lot of time they just, they run and run I mean, and the Rocky. run and rockies. I mean, yeah. And, but the weather was hot. And I mean, we had 93, a couple days in, and, it was it was tougher that way but it it's cooling down and i think they're getting a little more aggressive each day there's we're finding a lot more rubs mm-hmm. that are tore up and it, it's getting exciting but the hard part is just not losing the focus because we would get out there and call on two or three bulls and then all of a sudden you almost swear it's a hunter and you go to your you say to yourself that's a hunter and well i'm gonna i'm gonna push it a little bit anyway and one day we pushed it right up to blowing the thing out at about 12 yards and it wasn't a hunter (laughs) so you just about have to even if it sounds like a hunter you just about have to play the game you know yeah and that's the difference in
1: in in the whole we started out in roosevelt hunting i think you know at the first of this season, and we called some bulls in. And, and like you said, it's like when a Roosevelt, you could almost hear his demeanor, like, <laughs> we're going to call this thing in. yeah. You know, a Rocky, it's like, eh, we might call this thing yeah. in. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to have to push his buttons and maybe play the game just for a little bit longer and hope for the best here. But it is, and I think that, you know, kind of goes back to the DVD thing that we talked about as far as, you know, nobody done the Roosevelt thing, and we found that it was honestly way more effective calling roosevelt's you know yeah, at right the now. time than, than rockies it's just nobody was doing it and and looking from the outside in i guess like talking to people now and and i get a ton of emails as far as like i want to come home run, run roosevelt's where do i start and to answer that question is like I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't really know <laughs> i yeah. can't really tell you you know just they're a lot they're, like gold they are right where you find them you have yeah. to find them yeah. first And that is the hardest thing about Roosevelt hunting, probably Rockies too, but it's just, you've got to find them first and then you can call them. But, you know, nine tenths of the battle is just finding the darn
0: things in the, in the, in the rainforest, you know? So the wind has been a factor here too, though. I mean, you'll, every other little Ridge or even going across a little flat, it might change two or three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that does, I mean, them elk, they've got a good nose on them. Yeah. We dealt with that a little bit on my hunt too there. Yeah.
4: Till that weather changed. Once that that storm came in, that next day it was pretty st- more the, stable. Yeah. The the winds were way more stable. Yeah. Because it was real overcast and it
0: was holding. But stable longer than. But, but mom and I haven't. That what? How many days did we go back without even we? I mean, we'd call them in within about eighty yards. Sometimes even forty yards, but they would get right on the other side of a big clump of stuff Mm -hmm. and they'd be tearing stuff up and you do, do you move in and blow them out or you think they're going to stroll around the corner, you know, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Then the wind changes a little bit and then it's Mm -hmm. just like, well, maybe I should have done that.
2: That's what sucks about like a unit, like Steve was saying, a flat unit. It's like, it's easier hunting for your physical condition, but it's 10 times harder to pinpoint where the elk are and what the winds are going to do cuz when you have a steep mountainside it's like okay we got a constant northeast wind and you got your mountain thermals pretty basic yes relatively yeah and here it's this big flat and it's like okay you got a constant northeast wind but it's swirling through this little yeah. draw and then it's picking up down this yeah. draw and it's doing this and then you got your thermals and what are they doing and it's like the wind's just like a constant swirl through the whole unit and every different thing is different and it's it's a lot harder and it's a lot harder to pinpoint where the elk are in a big flat versus it is okay here's a big steep north facing slope you got a couple benches oh yeah there's elk there's
1: got to be elk there and that's what i've noticed here coming to here it's been a it's been a challenge for us Mm -hmm. it's like why are they out in this wide open (laughs) you know pull thicket you know kind of a you can see i'm like that doesn't make any sense
0: some some of it doesn't you know that's when tristan you say Allie, knock an arrow and run at him. Just run after him. (laughs) Run after him.
2: It is a world of difference. Like, before, she drew the tag, you know, and she drew the tag with about half the points that it takes to get the tag. Oh, cool. And so we were, like, all excited, you know, and I spent hours on Onyx and Googler trying to figure out where to go. So we've never been here before. And it's like, you know, you pull up your topo map first, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, I don't know. There's no solid features really that you see that's like oh yeah that's where elk live so that's been that's been very difficult to find elk it's basically like okay where are the people not yeah that's where the elk are
1: and that's what's been kind of a factor for us especially in a super flat accessible
2: yeah very accessible
1: like today we were pushing that bull and it was like this is perfect you know, he's walking away from us. I'm totally okay with that. If he's still bugling, we are totally okay with that. That's Mm -hmm. a good thing. Mm -hmm. And whereas a lot of people wouldn't think that, but it's just like, he's going somewhere and it's not, he is the cows are going somewhere and he's following them. So it was a great thing. But the problem is, is he's so vocal and in an open unit with lots of roads, it's like, that's not just you that's following that elk sometimes and so we had to change our tactics a little bit like okay let's just stay on him on a normal case i would let him get out there you know 200 yards and be behind him and just wait till he slows down slows down till they bed and then honestly we would sit down for two more hours probably and wait after we know where they're bedded and then go in there somewhere around one o'clock and we would go and just soft cow and then get in and just scream at him and usually he'll come out because his cows are safe in this kind of scenario it's like we got to stay on him because there's 14 other hunters probably that heard the same thing that we just got that is the
2: most challenging thing
1: it is so it, it changes your whole your whole tactics on the on the hunt which is really cool you know at the same time it's like if you can still get it done and you know deal with a little bit of adversity of differences i think it's i think it says speaks a lot you know
2: yeah, I think, you know, this type of a style hunt versus, you know, your more secluded areas and everything, it is 10 times more challenging. Yeah. Because it's like, you're not only fighting a weird, goofy wind and where the elk might be and where they're going to bed. It's not like, okay, here's where they're living. They're going to go bed on the backside of this ridge in this little pocket. You don't know where they're going to bed. They may walk five miles and go bed in some random pull thicket right next to the road. That's that what nobody's we were talking about today. About. Yeah. There's like, beds
1: like forty yards off the road. Yeah,
2: wherever they feel like somebody's not going to come walk into them is where they're going to lay down for the yeah. day. Yeah. And it's like you bugle at him and he answers, and it's like now you you can't wait for him to get comfortable like you're saying and go call him in. You have to make it happen now before ten other dudes try to call him in.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We've dealt we've we've dealt with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But the whole calling thing, what makes it more I, I, the hunting styles and stuff that you've done in the past as far as what, what, why did you choose the, the calling side of things?
2: Uh, I chose the calling thing because as far as success rates go, it to me stood out where the thing that I think everybody that I've talked to anyways gets held up on is like, well, you may walk past 10 bulls. Before you get one that wants to bugle. And I will agree with that hundred percent. You're it's a, true. you are absolutely right. But in the scenario I get that bull riled and he's mad and he's coming in, my odds of killing that elk are extremely greater than the odds of when you're sitting at a water hole and I'm gonna tell you something, elk don't walk into water holes upwind. They come into a water hole downwind every single time. I would agree. They're not they're not dumb animals, they base their life off of surviving. Right. So, it's like when you get him mad to the point where he doesn't care. He drops yet,
1: his defense mechanism. Your odds
2: of killing that elk are far more greater. And that's where I was like, that's that's what I want to do. It's more exciting, number one. Yeah. Maybe less action in, in the long run. You may not be quite uh, having more encounters with elk. But, man, I don't know. I'd rather call in one bull a year than bump 32 <laughs> yeah it's like well yeah. and your 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 success rates uh that to me your your odds of killing that elk are far greater when you get him stupid mad and he doesn't care like for for an example last year ally shot a big six point bull and that thing was so mad i like he 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 got so riled up you know from us me and him chit-chatting back and forth and raking and this that and the other that She drew and held on him for a long time, and he stood at 30 yards in front of her, just tearing a tree down. And she she couldn't hold it no more. She had to let down. And he he looked at her. And it was like, "Uh uh-oh. What's going to happen? He didn't care at all. Looked at her, put his head back down, just puffing his chest and swaying his head side to side, walking like a bull moose does. You know, like you see on YouTube, and a bull moose walking. Oh, yeah. And he... Just kept on walking, and she drew back again, and he looks at her, puts his head back down, and keeps walking right towards me. And she cow-called and shot him in 18 yards.
1: That's so it's awesome. Like,
2: you know, you can get into other situations where you may be on elk all the time. You're, you're spotting stocking, and guys guys who spot spotting stocks, the guys who are good at it, are extremely successful. It's oh, like, totally agree. They'll, they'll yeah. tell you, we go on one stock a year, and we kill an elk on that stock. Yeah, But I just, uh, I don't have patience for that. I'm no, not I able like, to watch an elk walk over there and be like, "Now nah, he's not in the right spot." Yeah. I can't. I can't sneak on him today. I yes, like to, that's
1: and there's something about hearing him bugle too. It's something yeah. about. Uh, it's just like it puts a smile on your face. It mm-hmm. puts a smile a little bit too big on Trevor's face. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> he, he likes right, to
4: bugle a lot. Right to camp <laughs> in, in the middle of it's the night, three thirty in the morning when we're going to hunt him in, in daylight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he likes to call him into camp. Yeah. 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 No, That'd that, be your brother.
1: That's, that's, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to test DNA on that at some point. Yeah, we need to. Are you We're sure about that? I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. Uh, it might it's, be questioning your mother. Though. Yeah. The parents here, too, so. Got to keep that account.
4: <laughs> oh, that whole morning we were just shaking our heads. Oh, it was fun. It was still it, fun. Yeah, it was still fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good
1: time. It was. It was. <clears throat> but oh man, no, this season's been a. It's been a like normal seasons, I would say. And yeah. we're what day are we sitting on now? The
0: fourteenth. it's almost Trevor's, Trevor's birthday.
1: Oh boy, are we supposed to? That's this weekend when we're taking him hunting, Stephen. Oh no, <laughs> are we supposed to get yeah. him anything?
4: we'll find something good for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but so it's a yeah, it's the 14th of September and and what we've noticed with a lot of people with here Um, it seems to be a popular time for people to go hunting (laughs) Mm -hmm. the last two weeks of season. Because just as far as like the camps that we've seen just around where we're hunting, they have loaded
4: up in Mm -hmm. just the last
1: few days. Yeah.
4: And, um, even when we were leaving my hunt, they were piling in. Yeah. They were piling in when we were leaving.
1: And that's a huge question that we get a lot is like, I have, I have seven to 10 days to hunt.
4: What days would you choose? Mm -hmm. You know? And and I, and I year to year can be different. Mm-hmm. It can be. It Absolutely. really really can. We've be. had years where we've called in tons of bulls the first week and a half of season, and it was slower the rest. And then there's been years where it's been slow at the start, and then it just hammers at the end. Yep. So yeah. Generally, later is obviously better. You know. I mean, that's the general.
1: That generally, yeah. Fourth week or yeah my answer to that question when when i get it it's the 11th through the 22nd if you can have those 10 days Mm -hmm. i would say somewhere around in there it's going to be you're you're going to catch either pre or you know you're going to catch rut a little bit of post rut possibly pre-rut all that somewhere in there in that in those in those 10 days but and we've had awesome luck with like Roosevelt's early, like we right before. off the bat, yeah. you know, so it could be a whole different deal as far as the, uh, the different, the different type of
4: elk too. So I don't know. But in the end, it's always every, every chance you have yes. to be in the woods because yeah. that could be the day that it could happen. It could yeah. be the day. No could matter. be early, could be late, but no you, matter
1: what the moon
4: phase no, is exactly, or what, does not matter. And that, like you were seeing before, you know, you got barometer, moon phase, this and that, What so many people's temperatures, people, <laughs> temperatures but in the end, it's spending every minute you can in the yeah. woods that you have the opportunity to be out there. And that's what's cool about meeting you guys
1: as far as just uh, kind of... Not young in the game a little bit, you know. Oh, absolutely
2: young in the game.
1: And and like if you know, we're learning something every single day, as as well as you guys. I'm sure just soaking up every single instance. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. what did we do wrong there? And that's what makes an awesome. uh, it, It it takes a guy from being good at elk hunting to being great at elk hunting. I think as far as if you can just realize after every single scenario okay, what could I have done a little bit better that last time, you know? And we did this in the in the truck on the way home from a couple different hunts on your hunt, Steve. We stopped and we were just said, okay, what could we have done better today to possibly either shoot an animal or whatever it might have been, you know, and go through that in your mind. And, and um, you know, in the end, it helps you a boatload, you know? Absolutely. Just, yeah. just trying to...
2: I think that's something I learned in math class a long time ago was problem solve yeah. and overcome and overcome every time mm.
1: I didn't take math that was a sore subject <laughs> <laughs> I took it several times the time. same class many years several <laughs> times oh man well guys it's been so much fun talking with you um, anything that you guys want to say Ali go ahead you've been talking way yeah, too much yeah you really but have blown nothing. your
2: microphone out yeah <laughs> I got nothing. You got nothing. No, Tristan. Okay, Tristan. Mm, the biggest thing I've learned on this trip so far has been uh, to really understand what the wind does. Yeah. Because where that bull, alley, it seen alley and ran off. But I also, in the back of my know my in the back of my mind, know it it probably would have smelt us too. Because where we originally were when we checked our wind, we had good wind. We were up in the sunlight. And the sunlight, obviously, changes the air temperature and caused the oh wind man. to suck up in our That'll face. Pull. And we're like, oh, we got a great wind. And we walked no more than 80 yards down the side of the hill, and we were in the shade of draw. And the wind changed, and it was sucking down towards the elk. Mm-hmm. And we didn't check. We didn't even think about it. We were so caught up. And it's like, you know, like you're saying, think about what you did wrong. And it's like, man, so many things. Like yeah. it, It's hindsight's 2020. 20. Like, if you do something and it doesn't work and you can't think of five different things to do differently... You're not thinking hard enough because it's not that hard. Just yeah. like, well, we could have done this and this and this. Like, it's it really is. There's so many little things that you can think back on and change. But the wind really, it's a it's an end all be all. If they smell you, that's the end of the story. Yeah, yeah.
1: You can fool their eyes and you can fool their ears, but their nose. Not the nose. Not the nose. Nope. <laughs> not when you haven't taken a shower for two and a half weeks either. No, you're definitely not. <laughs> yeah.
2: fooling like,
1: whoa. you have awesome. been smelling
2: that guy for two units away
1: jeez <laughs> there you
4: go steven closing arguments Ah, uh, it's been a great season it's been fun yeah. yeah and it's it's hunting it's some days are better than others but you just got to keep after it and keep going and eventually good things will come yeah dad
0: um ditto with steve, <laughs> ditto uh, with
4: steve.
0: <laughs> we're just gonna easy yeah, way out. we're just gonna keep going and uh um, We're just looking for that bull that wants to play more than than run away. Yes. We've had a lot of cowards, and uh, we've only saw a couple bulls, I mean, and we've probably had 30, 40 bugles and several encounters, and they just, they seem to stay out there that 80 to 100 yards, and they just, no matter what you throw at them. Yeah. The weather's supposed to get colder, and so we got to stay positive and... Absolutely. That's about all
1: I have to say about <laughs> <laughs> uh, What I would say in the end is probably not anything about elk hunting, but about just um, just the people that uh, we're so blessed with. What we get to do, we are very yeah. very blessed with what we get to do, and and the people that you meet, like uh, Tristan and Allie, it's just like they're going to be friends, I'm sure, for for a lifetime, and I'll get to learn off of some of their experiences in the future. And and, um, anyway, it
0: unless just... they kill a real big bull, unless they kill a re- <laughs> real big, <laughs> big bull and they are canceled from my contacts. Never
4: to be seen meeting, again. Uh, Mike
0: and uh, Daryl. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Right
4: yeah. Guys, yeah. And then the, the two we met this afternoon. Uh, yeah. Great guys. It was,
1: it's been cool. And right cool. now what we're doing guys is, uh, We uh, got our own bugle tubes, and so it's everybody that we run into out in the woods, so if you run into us, you're getting a free bugle tube and some calls and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, and Tristan used them today, and he said they worked just fine, just fine. Pretty good, I would say.
2: I've never called in two big bulls in one sitting, and I did this morning, so... (laughs) so maybe but yeah, twice as good who knows
1: there you go no it's uh it's been it's, it's just been awesome meeting you guys it, it really really has and and uh, great running into you and thank you guys for being so awesome as far as with mom and dad and sharing information and and um, oh yeah that's what yeah. we've always you know that's what we've always said as far as if we can help anybody else out we'd yep.
2: love to you we know to. i just want to see someone else be successful mm. just as much as us so i would say that like, if I could... Add, maybe I'll say Allie's final closing notes here. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't you guys, expect any less. You, you guys are the most selfless people I've ever met. It was like, we ran into uh, mom and dad, oh, yeah. theoretically, and uh, they're like, come on up. We got dinner. You can stay. With us. Come up, eat dinner, blah, blah, blah. And they're oh, yeah. shoving food in our face. Eat, 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 eat. And it was just... It's a really unique experience to meet other people that are generally just... Haven Hunters and are great people. It's
0: really yeah. awesome. Really awesome. awesome. Thank you for thank that. You. All right, guys.
2: Uh,
1: we, <laughs> we, we had a blast on this one, and uh, thank you so much for listening.